Welcome to Tribe Talk, where we focus on the topics that will help you improve your mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. I'm Dr. Elena Villanueva, and helping people improve their mental health is my passion. I'm Ann Hutira, and nutrition is my passion. Together, we invite you to be a part of our tribe and learn how addressing the root causes of your symptoms can bring you improved health and wellness. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the next hour of Tribe Talk. Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this edition of Tribe Talk. Dr. Villanueva and I are very excited about our guest today. Ta Witte is joining us, and we've become good friends with Ta over the past month or so, and he's got a lot to lend to us today, a lot of experience to talk about, and we're going to be diving into a topic that's really a very sensitive topic. It, hit, it hits home for a lot of people. It hits home for us. We're going to be talking about racism and what we're seeing happen in our country and our world right now and the dynamics of that and what we can all be doing and what we should not be doing to lend to this um, situation that we're all kind of in right now and um, Dr. V we picked this topic because we've seen this ourselves. we've seen and I'm sure everyone is seeing this you know we're seeing a lot of arguing back and forth uh, we're seeing a lot of people attack each other over different issues and we've dealt with a lot of our own clients who have a tough time dealing with the dynamics of what's happening in our world right now and and ta comes to us with so much experience i guess right off the bat ta tell us all a little bit about yourself um, and what it is you do well, hey, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. My name is Ta Witte. I am a biointegration specialist. I partner with human beings on really integrating their bodies, all of their bodies' processes with everything that they're looking to connect with in their lives. That includes their social lives, their family lives, their business lives, their work lives, their sex lives, everything. Uh, we tend to, to move in our societies on the planet from a perspective of serving systems and not serving the body in the system. So we kind of force fit the body into the, into, the, into the systems instead of integrating with systems that we choose to integrate with, we are programmed into them. So the, the work that I do is really around helping people to start to integrate into the things that they really feel deeply connected to. And if they're connecting to things or they're attached to things, not connecting, if they're attached to things that they don't really feel connected to, it causes a discrepancy in the body. There's an incongruence and there's an aberrance that starts to happen with the physiology. So this is, this is what integration is. It's really integrating the body into all of the processes. I practiced nursing in New York City for 25 of my 28 years as a nurse. I worked ER, so I'm very adept at trauma and drama, medications, physiology, pathophysiology, microbiology. I'm a body geek, so I studied all of these things. And I'm, I'm very much in love with human beings period. Uh, I've seen the in and outs of a lot of stuff. I traveled around the world also as a hip hop artist and a house music DJ on the side. So I've, I've gotten a chance to see people from a myriad of cultures. I lived in the most culturally diverse place in the world in Brooklyn, uh, where 60 languages are spoken in my neighborhood. So there's a lot around cultural inclusivity that I'm into. I love people. Uh, my background is, uh, I, I associate as a black American person. Uh, there is 
apparently something less, something lighter than black in, in my bloodstream, <laughs> not for generations. I come from a family of light-skinned black folks. Uh, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, uh, and so on, uh, were descendants of slaves in America. So I have been at the, at the tail end of a lot of discrimination from people who are lighter than me and darker than me. So I've seen racism and I've seen the trickle down from racism uh, in a lot of aspects of my life. So I have been recently, my wife and I work together and I have, we have recently been pivoting our business to actually serve people who have been having what we call a rated R, which is they've been rated racist or they're, they're afraid of being rated are. So we've been getting people to really start to understand the programming around racism that moves through all human beings and understanding the dynamics that have been developed from, from the time of tribalism. So that's, that's me and that's where I am. And uh, I hope that gives some insight into what I do. You recently put on this webinar that was just really fantastic. You really broke down the idea of racism in a way that I've never heard it broken down into such detail before. And so I want to ask you about a few of the things you talked about, because I think they were really enlightening. It was really an enlightening way to put things to help people understand um, just how, you know, racism is working in our country. So talk about the dynamics of racism. I mean, you talk about this being programmed into our body and that was something I had never thought about before, but this starts at a very early age. It starts from birth or even before birth with us, right? It does. And, you know, the word discrimination uh, gets a bad rap. Uh, we all discriminate. When, when, uh, when I walk into a room and I see people, based on their physical characteristics, I make prejudgments based on what I've learned and what I've been taught as a child and throughout my entire life and my experiences. So if I was to see you two walk into a room, my prejudgment would be that you are women because of how you look, because of the way your hair is, because of the way you carry yourselves, because of the way your body is shaped. That is a, that is a prejudgment. And so this discrimination allows me to discriminate the different things in my environment. And this becomes an automatic program. And when you consider how the brain works, the brain uses a lot of energy a lot, a lot, a lot of calories. When you, when you think about uh, the human body, it's estimated according to our current sciences that I've studied. And I can only speak from my vantage point. Uh, according to the studies that I've, uh, the, the things that I've studied, the body, the brain uses about 20 to 25% of the body's resources when the body is at rest. So when you're thinking about stuff and you're doing things, the brain has to use a lot more calories and it doesn't like to use more than it needs to. So when you have programs and it doesn't have to think about things and you don't have to go in and ponder, it burns less calories. So when I walk into a room, if I have to say, well, she looks like what I think a woman is, but you know, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world and people are identifying differently. There's a lot of work. Right. So for me to just walk in a room, prejudge that you're a woman and talk to you as I have been programmed to talk to a woman. Oh, hello. How are you? There's a posture that I have when I'm around women and there's a posture that I have when I'm around men. It's like, what's up, bro? How you doing? You know, it's, it, there's a difference. And when I walk into the room, my body delineates this automatically. And so when I see white people in the room, my body has, has a, a particular poise because from what I know of most white folks that I've experienced, there are, there are certain language characteristics and tonal qualities and body movements that I have that have 
that have put white people in a place where, or people who associate, who uh, associate as white in a place where they may not understand me, they may be offended by me, they all, so I will adjust and course correct so that, and it's an automatic body thing. And then when I see, if I see somebody that's a, a, a person that I, uh, that I associate as a black person, I'll be like, what's up bro, how you doing? And, or what's up girl, hey, what's going on? There's a different, automatically my body shifts into the mode where I can do that. It's not a place where I'm delineating, well, maybe I should speak to this person in this particular, it's an automatic body response. And when you see the depth of the programming we have around our families, the, around our nationalities, around our sexualities, around our races, around our skin tones, all of this stuff starts to make more sense. And there are many people who say, well, I don't, I'm not a racist. The title racist, now you were saying earlier, you know, what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Um, I don't, I, 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 I tend not to should all over myself or have a shoulddy attitude. I, I tend to look at the things that I could do and that I might do and what might make this functional for me and the people around me. So I start to, I start to lean into what do I want this interaction to be like? And I start to craft it. And, and when, you, when, you, when you consider how deeply embedded race is in our, in our, uh, our, our bodily programming for, and this is the thing that, that is very popular with people that have been coming to me for help is I don't see color. I don't, I don't see color. You do. I hate to break it to you. You do see color. And that's like saying, I don't see this, this cactus or whatever this is, or you don't see my shirt being green. That's not the truth. Um, being able to really see that you do see color and it's okay to see color, it's fine to see color. And then you, based on what you've, all of the things that you've, you've experienced in your life, are you craft, is your body crafting an experience for the other person on autopilot? And this is part of the ism that is race. And when you remove the negative connotation and the negative context, and I'm not saying ra ra the, the, the racist dynamics in the world are good or bad. I'm not saying anything about that. They have been highly dysfunctional for most people on this planet and they have served a small sector of people on this planet. And that is dysfunctional as far as I'm concerned. So when you remove the shame from calling, from, from calling somebody, hey, you're a racist, you are diagnosing somebody. That's like saying you have cancer or you have heart disease or you, it's a diagnosis. And when you put that on somebody, you activate their nervous system in a different way. You, you put a, what we call in, in my business, a shame device. You start to activate the shame device. When you activate the shame device, the human body goes into a sympathetic state, right? So the body, and, and when we get into a heightened sympathetic state, we can get into what everybody calls fight or flight, right? Everybody know, hears this, oh, you're going to fight or flight mode, fight or flight mode. So most people will defend themselves. I'm not a racist. Or they'll just, I'm not talking to you anymore. They'll, they'll run away from the situation and they'll hide, but it doesn't change the dynamic. So when you activate that in a person's body, you racist, you racist, the person is going to be like, I'm not a racist or, or you're a racist. And, and, and then there's this back and forth and you have this activation of the nervous system. And when you get into that heightened state of your nervous system, Logic, out the window. Reason, out the window. So all of the underlying stuff that's happening starts to get thrown away. And then there is no, there is no discussion on it anymore. There's just somebody burying something. Okay, so what do I need to do to not be called a racist? Well, you need to talk to black people this way. You need to do this with Latin people. You need to be this way and you need to just shut up. And, and, and that doesn't change the dynamic in the individual. So you still may have things where you're delineating 
based on old paradigms that are not hate-driven, not necessarily hate-driven, I should say, that have been programmed in the background to serve the future. Um, I'm not sure if y'all, and I had mentioned this on, our, on, on the webinar, and thank you for, for, for joining that webinar. I, I appreciate it. It, uh, it, was, it was such an amazing thing to create. And I have more stuff coming behind that. But you know, I mentioned there's this thing called the Willie Lynch letter. And anybody can look this up on, on the internet. And the Willie Lynch letter has been something that I've known about for a long time. And Willie Lynch was supposedly a, a, a guy that went to the West Indies because they were having slave, slave revolts and stuff. And so he wrote this whole synopsis on how to break the Negro and for it to last for 300 years and how to really get into the, the mother figure and break the mother by threatening the lives of the children. And she would implant this fear into the kids and it would last for 300 years. And it, it's brilliant. And it's devious and brilliant at the same time. And I do not, I do not remove brilliance from something if it's devious, if something you can, you know, when you look at movies, the mad scientist is always trying to take over the world and they're brilliant, right? <laughs> so when you look at the Willie Lynch letter, it is designed to implant this system into people's bodies so that they act on autopilot. And racism does not only act through white people, it acts through black people, through Latin people, through Asian people, through whatever person, you, South American people, it acts through everybody on the planet to discern in a certain way to serve a certain sect of people. And when, when uh, and, and I spoke about this on the webinar, uh, my body has been programmed to act a certain way because of all of the experiences I've had and where I grew up and all of this stuff. And I have a, a certain level of privilege because of my skin tone, because white folks will lean into me a certain way. So I know how to change, I can change my voice and I'm like, hey guys, you know, I'm with you. And, and I can, I can I can fall right into it and, and white people aren't so threatened by me. So I can actually use my skin tone and everything that I know as a privilege point to actually get in to where racism has blocked darker people from having stuff and then get them a benefit from, from, from that space. I've learned to play the double agent and, and it's been a benefit of my life. And I think it's really interesting that it's coming around to this point where now all of a sudden, you know, stuff that I've been talking about for 20, 20, 30 years, everybody's like, hey, can you help me with this? Because there's awareness coming through. And so as, as we start to really see this stuff in our bodies and see how we've been programmed, we can remove the program or repattern. And, and you know, neuroplasticity is a really important thing with this, is really starting to recognize, starting with awareness, uh, awareness of how you're interacting with your environment, how you're interacting with people, how how these things are coming up in your in your language. When you walk into a room, uh, how how does your body feel when there are different people there? Do you feel relaxed? Do you feel like you have to talk about something that you think black people will you know <laughs> will associate with? When you go down, when you go into into the corner store in New York and it's the, the bodega that's run by the Dominicans, do you start trying to accommodate for them? automatically it's a body thing and and it's okay for us to discriminate and discern from a point of function but when it when it's bigotry which is a different thing it's it's a tool that is used by by racism to subdue and to push down and to hold back and to oppress people that's a different story you know your 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 uh 
your space of discrimination, your space of, of uh, bias can move into bigotry, which is dysfunctional. And if we're going to start talking about racism uh, and how to dismantle this, these things, I believe, uh, need to be addressed from a body standpoint, because we create a lot of systems and we're boycotting and we're picketing, but these bodies are still built in a system of racism. They're built to be oppressors. They're built to be the oppressed. They're built to be the victim. They're built to be the assailant. They're built to be the, the beneficiary. There's all of these different parts that we all perform in. And so removing the title of racist, pointing fingers and, and, and doing this to people is, I think is, the, is one of the first steps is to stop pointing and saying, hey, I'm, I'm observing some race, some dynamics of racism here. Uh, can we explore this? as opposed to crucifying people because witch hunts never serve anybody except systems. And, and, uh, and, and so this is, this is the place that I've been, I've been working with people to, to help them move through is to start seeing the, the stuff that's coming up for them that they may have buried or they've been taught to be to bury. And uh, yeah. So. You know, I think that's a lot of what we're seeing right now, Dr. V, we were talking about this, that, you know, on, on social media, on everybody's timeline right now, that's all they're seeing is people arguing over this, calling each other racist, making these statements that I don't know that they would make to another person's face, but they feel comfortable doing that on social media. Do you see any constructiveness in that at all in our, in, in our environment right now? And, and how does someone navigate being stuck in that in that pattern of constantly seeing all these these this fighting and negative energy over the situation well you know i always ask people you know what's driving you to to witch hunt what's driving you to find out because i've had people come to me and they're like i'm trying to find every white person that's a racist and i'm trying to put them under the bus and it's white people that are doing it so it's 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 i have yet like the, the 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 people that i've grown up with or are mainly people who associate as being african-american black negro whatever you want to call what we are now now it's poc we have new names for us every two years right so uh they're not they're like i don't want to talk to white people about this this is let them go about it. So they're, they're the white police. And it's, it's like, you know, these, these, these people are policing each other. And I think there, there may be this <clears throat> compensation situation that a lot of people have. And, and this is from the experience of the people that I have. And I can only, like I said, I can only speak from my experience. The people that I've spoken to have had issues from when they were children around seeking approval. And there's a lot of seeking approval of fitting in and not being crucified themselves. So it's, it's, it's kind of like what I would call the Judas complex. And, you know, Judas was like, Hey, I don't know that guy, Jesus Christ. Who's that? No, <laughs> you know you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Three times before the cock crows. Right. And so there are a lot of people selling other people down, down tubes so that they don't get crucified themselves. And so it's like, I'm not as racist as that guy. I, I'm not as racist as her. So, you know, let me, put the racism police on them to take the spotlight off of me, to remove the shame from me so that I might feel better about myself. Because there's an underlying, uh, there's this underlying shame complex that, that, that uh, we call, uh, has been called white man's guilt or white woman's guilt, where there's, a, there's this guilt that's underlying for the slave trade in America and for all of the other stuff that's happened around the world that has been uh, oppressive. And so there, there, there are a lot of folks that I, I've spoken to that associate as being white 
who are always trying to rescue. Uh, when I was doing hip hop music, there was some women that I worked with that were dying to create programs in, in underserved areas of New York. And it was always these white women. And they, they felt terrible about what has happened and why people are in the projects and why people are in the ghetto and all of this stuff. And there's this guilt complex. So if I can help this and I can point out the people who are fortifying the system, I'm okay. And there's, there's this shaming that we have that's a deep, deep set underlying shame that's now coming to the surface. And it hasn't been addressed. And this is something, the, the, the thing about this is a lot of this is epigenetic. And when we study into epigenetics and we see that our traumas and our dramas go back 14 generations, that's a long time of things to be programmed into your DNA. So if, if, if shame is coming up and you're feeling shame and you're, feel, and you're feeling all of this stuff, there's a very, you're a very, we are all very complex organisms with a lot of stuff that's happening. So for it to be cut and dry as I'm not a racist, you're a racist, it's not that cut and dry. And so when we start to examine that the human emotional body requires time, it requires nurturing, we can step back and we can slow down with each other and we can recognize with each other and we can start to have a dialogue with each other. And that's where I believe things are starting to go awry is that people are looking to, to make it black and white, literally, <laughs> literally black and white. And it's not that cut and dry. So when we can slow down and we can evaluate our emotions and see, right? When you look at an emotion like anger and let me know if I'm going too tangential for you. When we look at an emotion called anger, right? Anger for me in the way and in the context that I use anger, anger is a protective mechanism and it protects you from something. And the, the, the hurt is always the underlying thing for anger. So if you have anger, there's always hurt beneath the surface, the potential of hurt, right? Or the actuality of hurt on the way. So your body and your organism prepares to thwart that. And that can be from running, from fighting, from defending yourself, from all kinds of situations like that. Until the threat is out of the way, the anger device remains online. If I come to you and I do this, are you going to be like, hey, ta? No, you're going to put your hands up and you're going to frown. That's the anger device coming online. If I call you stupid, the anger device is going to come online. Who, who are you calling stupid? Right? I'm not stupid because now your identity is threatened. Your identity could be hurt. Well, maybe I am stupid, right? Because you're questioning yourself. Somebody calls me stupid. I'm like, tell me why you think I'm stupid, right? Because I want to know. I want to get in. Let's get into the interaction. And I've had people do that to me. And I've had people call me names. And I'm like, hey, wow, that's an interesting word. What makes you use it? And, and, and it's, I've, had, I've made some tremendous friendships around those types of dynamics with people I didn't even know because I allowed them to have their emotion. And we haven't been allowing people to have their emotions. We haven't been allowing people to have their vantage points. We haven't been allowing people to have their validation points. Uh, everybody's truth is relative and I believe it is, it is valid. And, and that's part of the, the program that I do. And th this is something that I didn't uh, bring into the webinar and it's something that I'll, that I'll, I'll put on my website sooner or later. Um, but it's, it's starting with that you know, that evaluation, that assessment, that, that awareness of yourself and then moving into a space of consideration and then moving into a space of validation. And that's validating other people's feelings, other people's ideas, other people's thoughts as their truth. It doesn't have to be true for me to be true for you. Let's talk about what, what makes it true for you. And can you, can, you, can you consider where all this stuff is coming from? And can we sit down and slow down? Everything's moving fast to serve systems. And, and racism is a system 
And if you interrupt the system when it's embedded in your body, it's going to become uncomfortable. And this is the, this, these are spaces that I encourage people to really deeply look into when you're considering dismantling racism, being an anti-racist person, being a white ally or whatever the, the title is now. You know, there's new titles coming up every week around this stuff. Um, hey, if that floats your boat and that's what you want to hold on to, cool. Have you seen how this is affecting your body? Have you seen how it's coming up in your body? Do you feel it? And one of the things, and, and, and one of the things that I teach uh, and one of the things that I mentioned on the webinar is, you know, if you really want to see how, how racism or, you know, is, is affecting in your body, stand in front of the mirror, take off all your clothes and say a racial slur into the mirror in your full voice. See what your body does. See how you feel. Yeah, I'm not supposed to say that. See what comes up. See what immediate thoughts come up that your brain conjures, right? Be, to defend the system. Oh, man. You know, well, don't do that. What, what, where, does, where are these things coming from? Uh, say, call yourself stupid. Say something outlandish. Just feel how your body is affected by the systems, by the dynamics of racism, of uh, Christianity, of Judaism, of Islam, of fascism, of Marxism, all of these different systems. See how this stuff works in your body. And they, they all work very similarly. We're being controlled, right? <clears throat> what are we being controlled by? I, I, I like to say we are all brainwashed. Who is doing your laundry? I like to do it myself. And so I am washing my own brain. I am unraveling all of my stuff. And, and I can sit here and tell you that I've come a long way and I've still got a long way to go. I got the scrubbing board out and I got the soaps and I'm trying different oils and all this stuff to get all this stuff out and reprogram myself. So this is something that we can all do together from a space of awareness, from a space of loving, from a space of caring and nurturing for ourselves and then bringing it to society. You can stand on all the picket lines, you can do all the boycotting, you can do all the witch hunting you want. If each individual person in this world is not doing the work on themselves, the systems are not going to do anything to remedy that. And uh, something that I always like to bring to the attention of people when I'm doing interviews or podcasts is, we are just a little over seven and a half billion people on our planet. Okay, seven and a half billion people. And in the next 20 years, we are slated to hit 8 billion people. So that's an additional 500 million human bodies on this planet. Not 500,000, not 50 million, 500 million humans. If we bring them into this world in a space where their bodies are programmed with an underlying system of racism or whatever ism that is dysfunctional, it adds to the, more to the complexity of what's going on here, and it's gonna make things even more difficult to dismantle. So if we're gonna start this, this, I believe this has to start from a space of body awareness where we are really leaning into recognition of this in the body, observation of this in the body, collaboration with other people. Hey, if you see me speak this way, I need to know about it so that I can repattern myself, so I can catch myself, not shame myself, not I'm a bad guy or a bad girl. This is just what is, what is happening. And I want to make an active shift in my nervous system because I want to make an active shift in the body of the planet. And when the body of the planet all works together, everything is functional. And when it's dysfunctional, everything falls apart. So you're saying that 
um, we really need to go inside and we need to change ourselves first so that we can then start making changes in the world. And is, am I correct? Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I believe that's the, that's the start point. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. I mean the way things are right now, we have to work on the systems at the same time, but I think the, the foundational aspect right. of this is the awareness of the self. Right. And you know, one of the things that I was hearing you say, you know, or some of the things that I was really thinking of as I was listening to you was systems and programming systems and programming. And there's, we are so deep into you know, generations deep into systems and programming, not just um, in the, you know, area of race, but in everything. Yep. I mean, we've been, we've had the wool pulled over our eyes. I mean, we, we don't have the power that we have as humans that we're born with, that sovereign power that we have. We don't even know we have it because we've been born you know, it's been, you know, with generations that we don't even, we don't even see things for what they really are. Right. And, and, and that's, you know, as humans, I have to believe that, that we are love as humans, but we've been so programmed and we're not even born into that type of world anymore we're not taught about that. I mean, we don't truly, I feel so many of us go so, you know, we can go our entire lives and never really fully experience what it's like to be present and what it's like to, um, to manifest the things that we want with the power of love that we're born with, you know, that, that divine connection that we have. And, um, and so when we talk, you know, when I hear you talk about reprogramming, I see it in such this huge, broad spectrum that, you know, yes, we need to reprogram with, you know, around race, but we need to reprogram everything. Yep. Like the whole system needs to break down. And that's kind of what's happening right now. Yep. And so if the system is breaking down, we need to have something in place that is ready because as history has shown us, when you break one system down and you don't have another system, another faulty system will come up and take its place and use and control over people. And you, there was a word that you used that, that I've been doing a lot of work. Like you saw all those poster boards and stuff. I'm working on something in regards to sovereignty and sovereignty for me is, is me having jurisdiction over this, this organism. That's, I'm, I am a sovereign human being. I'm sovereign over my experience. And I find every day that I am not as sovereign as I imagined uh, myself being. And uh, you know, if, when I wake up and I'm worried about my taxes not being paid, something's, something has control over my body. I can't sleep, what's going on? Oh my gosh, the deadline. There's a system in play that has sovereignty over me and my energetic exchange because money is the system where we exchange energy for our services or energy for our work or energy for our experience, whatever it is. And there is a system of finance that is governing my energy and I'm being taxed for it. And so that the taxes can be used to serve the greater good, so they say. And so uh, when I see my tax dollars being used for war machines, when I see my tax dollars being used to pay police that are killing people, when I see my, my body starts to get confused because it's like, wait, I still have to pay this and I have to, I have to work to pay the rent to make all of this stuff happen. Where's my sovereignty? And so when you look at a system like racism and you see that your body is acting on behalf of that system, your sovereignty 
is, uh, has been compromised. And when you can claim sovereignty over yourself and no matter what anybody else says, you determine what your organism does, you determine who you are piloting this organism, that is sovereignty. And there are different levels of sovereignty. And when people talk about waking up, I think that we wake up into being more sovereign because we choose to be, because we have the ability to be, and we have the ability to honor the sovereignty of each other. And when we come together as sovereign beings, that's beings, that's when all the really creative, juicy stuff, I believe, is going to happen because we are all aware of ourselves. And whatever you want, cool, tell me how it goes. As long as it's not hurting me and the people around, cool, knock yourself out be sovereign, you know? And if something happens and it messes things up, oh, you know, how do we course correct? You know, how do we, how do we adjust this stuff together? You know, how do I bring my talents to the table? You bring your talents to the table. You bring your talents, all of y'all bring y'all talents to the table and let's talk about it. Let's, let's put it on the table. Remember Go Fish when you used to put the cards all over the table, right? Let's all put the cards on the table and look, flip the cards over and let's manage it all together. You know, I, I, th I think that sovereignty space is really important. And having, uh, having systems in place for our bodies is really important for ourselves and, every, and, and, and as the work y'all do, which is awesome. And thank you for the work that y'all do. I really, really appreciate y'all and what y'all are bringing to the world. Uh, really individualized care, individualized self-wellness paradigms are really important and, and being able to have a, a perspective of that and sharing that so that we can all be individuals and bring our talents to the table, no matter how expansive or subtle they are, they're all very, very valuable and they're valid. And we, and we see that in each other. You have been um, requested by many different businesses, small businesses and large businesses. Um, you know, people have been looking for you and, and, and coming to uh, ask for, for your help um, in, in the area of, you know, of, of race and, and, and how they can, um, you know, it really interestingly enough, a lot of businesses are really wanting to go deeper on a, on a personal level so that, uh, so that they can expand and do better on a professional level. Mm. Um, how can businesses reach you sure. if people are wanting to explore, um, you know, how they can um, help their employees and how they can help their business to evolve? Where, where can they find you? Sure. There, there's my main website. It's tacole.com, T-A-H-K-O-L-E.com. Uh, you can get a slew of information on what we're doing there. We also have something, uh, a, a quiz for business folks. If you're, if you're particularly business folks and you need help with this, it's gethelpquiz.com. Gethelpquiz.com. And it's a quiz that just asks you a few questions about stuff and you can book a call with us through that. And, you know, book a call. You will get on a call with me. It won't be some other sideline coach or an assistant. You will you book a call and we will get on the phone and we'll talk about what's going on with you. And if this is a fit, if, if I'm a fit for, for you and your business and, and what's going on with you. So those are the two places that I, re I recommend. Ty, we could sit here and talk for hours with you. So we're going to ask you to come on again in the future to talk sure. about other things. But you also work individual with people, right? If they I want do. to come to you to help start peeling back some of these layers, look into their posturing and what they can be doing to change their own dynamic, you do one-on-one -on -one work too, I right? do. 
Yes, I do. I do very, uh, we, we contract with people for six months, a minimum of six months, because if you are looking to repattern stuff, you're not going to see a repatterning in, six, in five weeks or six weeks. Six months is the minimum that I contract with people for. So if you're really interested in getting into some individual deep work with me, uh, yeah, please feel free to go to tacole.com and, and punch in your name and, and hit that button and to schedule a call with me. And we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about it on the phone. This is, this is something that, that we offer. We offer, you know, we also offer uh, retreats, uh, intensives and masterminds where people can come and, and, and discuss this stuff and start to see that they're not alone in this and even start to build allies with each other. Um, when, when it comes to racism, uh, I am, you know, there, there are a lot of people out there who will not work, black people that will not work with white folks and a lot of white folks have been coming to me all, you know, my black friends have been saying no, and I've been going to this person and they're like, they don't want to work with me, handle it together. I'm not that person. There's me and a few other people out there that are, that are, that are, I, I'm down because I feel that in order to help everybody, I need to help somebody else, uh, somebody that's not being served. And uh, I'm here for that. So if you're, if you're feeling rated R or if you've been rated R, contact me and let's talk about it. Um, you know, regardless if you come on to work with me or not, let's see if we can get you into a space where you start to recognize some stuff within yourself and take you and, and take away a few tools with you so that you can take that into your business and start moving with it right now so that you can take that into your personal life and start working with that now uh, so that you can start to, to really start to feel into what's going on with your body and start to become more of a comrade with this amazing machine that is uh, like a hundred trillion cells, right? All moving together to give you this experience of doing something so simple. Could you imagine if every cell of your body was cooperating with each other to give you an amazing experience? And then take a step back and see if every person on this planet was a cell and we all started to cooperate in that fashion because we were aware of ourselves and each other. That's where the magic is. Absolutely. Thanks again, Ta, for being with us. Thank you all for tuning in this week. I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, you had spoke about the webinar. And so mm -hmm. if, if you, if you'd like to, uh, I can offer a gift to your, your, uh, your listeners, yeah. your viewers. Um, the, the, the webinar that I did, it's tacole.com forward slash racism. And if you punch in the code, uh, soul fam, S O U L F A M, it'll be half off of the, of, of the webinar. And, uh, like I'm, like I've gotten hit up by so many people because of this webinar. I would love to offer that to your audience, please. Taco.com forward slash racism and punch in the code soul fam and it'll take half of half of it off for y'all. Yeah. We're super excited that you're sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we will uh, be sure that we add that in um, when this goes, um, what, when this goes out to the podcast channels, we'll be, we'll be sure that we get all that information in there. Awesome. Thank you so much. We all, we love you so much. I love and you, girl. And I love you, girl. Love you so love you so much. It's so great to be here with y'all. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank we'll, you. we'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm. Peace.